How does Matt Ryan's injury affect the rest of the Falcons' skill players? Is Austin Eckler officially the Chargers running back to start going forward? And who is the best wideout in Cleveland? Plus the second-place team owner in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, Rob Fursick drops by to talk about a new-slash-old running back to roster in the NFC East and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzek is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. If you've got what it takes, because I'm and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations. Thanks a lot to Dave Gerzak there, the Dizzle. <laughs> Greetings to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak fanatics listening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and the, the disembodied voice you just heard is my co-host, the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, how do you outsmart the Cardinals brass is thought on the Arizona backfield and Rob Fursick, the week seven football guys, second place team owner drops in to talk about some tough start sits in the Buffalo Philly game and much more. I normally never bring up baseball or basketball on the show. Tonight. Good. Moving on. You don't want to, you want to hear a good story here? We'll see. Well, go ahead. All right. So the night of the world series, it started on Tuesday night, Dizzle. And uh, I said to my, my son and daughter, I said, it's the Nats and the Astros. I said, who do you guys think is going to win the World Series? By the way, my kids are six years old and four years old. So who do you think is going to win the World Series? Who are they playing? Or who's playing in it? I said, the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. Well, Daddy, who do you want to win? I said, I don't care. They said, you've got to pick somebody. Who are you pulling for? I said, I guess the Nationals. Okay, we think the Nationals are going to win. Okay, I said, in how many games? They said, um, 12. I said, no, it's the first one to four wins. And they said, well, uh, the Nationals in seven. And they both agreed. Nationals in seven. Nationals are up 2-0 in the series. Pretty smart kids, right? Yep. Okay. So we fast forward to NBA opening night for the Eastern Conference champions runners-up last year, the Milwaukee Bucks. They opened their season against the Houston Rockets last night. And I said to them, who's going to win, Bucks or Rockets? Well, who do you want to win? I said the Bucks. They said the Bucks are going to win, even though they're point-and-a-half underdogs, right? <laughs> My son said they were going to win by 10. My daughter heard that. She said they're going to win by 7. And, uh, and, and my son said, no, they're going to win by 10. And my daughter said, ah, I think they're going to win by 7. Yeah. They won by 6 as an underdog on the road against Harden and Westbrook. All right. So my daughter, if you want, tweet me at Eric Balkman. I'll tell you whatever picks you want to know. Leroy's going to be doing that. I, that's exactly what I said. And then I said, well, how many games are they going to win this year? And I said they play 82. 
and my son said, I think they win seven this year. <laughs> my daughter said, no, nah, they win six. I said, guys, they won 60 last year, okay? And then my, my son says, okay, they'll win 82. I'm like, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and then my daughter said, like a mathematician. My da- no, here's the worst part. My daughter said, they're going to win 100. I'm nice. like, they play 82. So I, yeah, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if they're geniuses. I don't know if they're totally I'm out of sure it. What the is. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We're here to talk fantasy football tonight. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys saw it. Rotoviz.com slash podcast had the latest high stakes lowdown posted this past Thursday morning. Kevin Williamson, the Bourbon City baller himself, he's uh, co-hosted this show before. and he is Oh, fifth- that guy's a total idiot. He's not a total idiot. Yeah, he's in the chat room. Uh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. Yes, Kevin Williamson in the Obviously, chat room right I now. I saw it, Falky. Yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't even realize you saw it. So he's fifth place in the FFPC main event, rotaviz.com slash podcast. You can check it out on the Blue Wire Podcast Network along with Apple Podcasts as well. It's posted on there. A lot of good stuff there as far as waivers, as far as start sits. Check that out. All right. I actually you. will listen to that one. That, it's a, it's After a, my rude comment, I'm going to have to listen good, to it. Good, perfect. Uh, Dave, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Football Guys, Real World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. I want to kick this off with Keenan Allen tonight, Dave, because this is kind of flying under the radar. He uh, was not spotted at the portion of practice open in the media today. I also found out he was listed as limited in practice today and officially listed as questionable for the 1 o'clock game against the Bears. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. His, uh, if he does miss, you're looking at Mike Williams, Jeremy Davis, and Andre Patton at wide receiver. Obviously, Mike Williams is the only player there. You're not going to play Davis or Patton. Hunter but, Henry's going to go 10 for 200. And, he, and what about Austin Eckler? He could go, uh, as the kids say, batshit crazy as well. So you're looking at those guys. I, have, I checked it. Uh, Keenan Allen, I have him in three leagues. I already have backups um, for, uh, for him in all three leagues. Uh, it's basically like him or Corey Davis. So if Keenan Allen doesn't play, I get to play Corey Davis against the Tampa Bay uh, secondary this week. So I'm, o- not a bad I'm okay with that. With the better quarterback, too. But, but and, and I think Corey Davis has a good game. I think he does, too, with Tannehill. Um, I think, um, you know, with the 1 o'clock game, it, it gives you a little bit of an advantage. But for right now, even if he's active, Dave, I, I'm still a little leery about starting him, given that he's been at full sale the last few weeks, not listening on the injury report at, at all, and he hasn't done much. Well, and I did, I, did see, I did see the news article. I know Wasp, I just mentioned limited staff. So right. I saw yep. that as well. So I, I would not start Keenan Allen at all. I mean, the tea leaves are clearly being read. Uh, do not start him. Okay, so here's a perfect example. The one, the one I just brought up. Let's say Keenan Allen is listed as active when, when the you know, 1130 rolls around. He's going to go for the Chargers. You have Corey Davis on your bench. Who are you playing, Corey Davis or Keenan Allen? Yeah, I might actually lean to Corey Davis. He's got a good matchup against a terrible secondary. And, you know, it's one of those things with Keenan Allen. I mean, he hasn't been doing that great anyway. He's never been a huge touchdown scorer for his career. He'd always get like six or eight touchdowns in that neighborhood. Uh, and they, they, the, the Chargers are in disarray. They don't know what they're really doing. They're trying to give Gordon snaps. He's averaging 3.2 yards a carry. They're, they're in a, they're got a little bit of a mess going on. Over All right, there. this is perfect. This is a good lead in. I want to play our first Would You Rather in a long time. Would on you the rather show. get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? Oh, what a great little drop there. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, Dave, you're looking at Keenan Allen against the Chargers or Robbie Anderson at Jacksonville. Boy. Assuming uh, uh, Allen's active, obviously. Um, 
I guess I'm starting. You know, I, I would, like I kind of said, I don't think I would really feel comfortable starting Allen. So I, I know. That's why I'm trying to go further I'm, down the, re- the list. I guess I'm starting Robbie Anderson. Okay, Robbie Anderson. Let's go further down the list here. All right. Well, you know, why do you got to do all this stuff? Okay, here's, here's another a example. A.J. Brown at home against Tampa. Oh, God. Come on. This can't be your hey, choice. Hey, no, hold on. No, seriously. Cause you I know could... Tampa's got a bad uh, – I, I guess I'm starting Keenan Allen. Though. Okay, you'd still go Keenan Allen. I'm going to skip those. You're obviously playing Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. But here's a player I would I would actually okay, start. Okay, go ahead. I, I – I really am liking, and this is kind of a little bit of me doing a dynasty take on Preston Williams. I really like him in dynasty quite a bit. I've noticed you've picked him up in a lot of dynasty. I have picked him up. He's actually um, his first, however many games he's had. What is this? Six games, seven games. Yes. Yep. um, He's on pace to do about what Sammy Watkins did as a rookie. Now everyone forgets, you know, Sammy Watkins had a hell of a rookie season. He did. uh, Really great, and he was supposed to be this. You know, he had a lot. He had a lot of injuries and so forth. But I mean, the type of season that Sammy Watt had as a rookie is like the best possible rookie season you can have. And Preston Williams is quietly under the radar having a season like that with, you know, bad quarterback play, a team that's like a total wreck. Uh, but, but that should feature him given they yeah, want to see what they have in him. Yeah, perhaps. But, I mean, I, th- I mean, he's an undrafted rookie, but he would have been drafted had he had not had those, you know, off of the field issues. Yep. Uh, he would have been, a, you know, first, second, third round pick, whatever. And he's playing great. I, I, just, I really think if you can get him in Dynasty for a future second, absolutely do it. And I think people might be still willing to do that. Non-Dynasty. Let's so talk this about... week, I would start Preston Williams over okay. Keenan Allen. I actually think he's going to have a good game. That's, that's good knowledge. I appreciate eight, that. Eight targets a game. Rest of the way, redraft leagues. Who would you rather own, Preston Williams or Devontae Parker? You know, I, I, I don't Because like I got this question on a radio program take, on Thursday. I would Thursday. Preston Williams. I don't think Devontae. I, I don't, see. I, I said Parker. Like, I don't like Parker. Okay. But that's I get, that's I fine. All right. Um, let's do two more here with this week in mind. Keenan Allen or Philip Dorsett at home against the Browns? I'll take Dorsett. Okay. Keenan Allen or Emmanuel Sanders making his 49ers debut at home against the Panthers? They say he's going to be plenty active. I like Sanders. Sanders is a great ball player, and it's almost the same offense. Dave, come on. You are not – okay, let's do this one. Keenan Allen – Whoever has Sanders ranked that low should have him higher. Okay. Keenan Allen or Cole Beasley at home against the Wolf. <laughs> oh, no, listen, against the Woeful uh, Eagles secondary. <laughs> I guess I'll take Allen. You would take Allen over Beasley. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I, I might lean towards Beasley there, but oh, that gives you an idea kind of where we're at on Keenan Allen right now, which is not in a good place. Speaking of not in a good place, Matt Ryan is questionable for week eight against the Seahawks. Dan Quinn said that Matt Ryan's status will be determined tomorrow, which is Saturday. Matt Ryan, if you'll know this, uh, I don't know if you do, he has not missed a start in more than 10 years. Resumed practicing today after he sat out Wednesday and Thursday. Now, he does have an ankle sprain, although if it, it is too much for him, Matt Schaub is going to be ready to go for the Falcons. Dave? Isn't it funny when you hear certain names, you're like, oh, damn, that dude's still playing in the other Still other playing, yeah, yeah. No, He's that, still collecting $1.8 million a year or whatever it is. What do you think Matt Schaub makes? Uh, anyway, hey, chat room, take your guess. What I, do you think Matt Shaw makes? I'm going to no look idea. that up right now. I have no idea. I'm, uh, I'm going to say $2.3 million. That's my guess. What I'm going to take the guess? under on that. Yeah, that's not a guess. That's an under, over. No, I think you're right. 1.8 right away. Okay, I got it right here. Uh, In 2019, Matt Shaw will earn a base salary of $1.03 million right. and a signing bonus of $750,000. Wow. While carrying a cap hit of one point four oh five million and a dead cap value of one point seven eight million. So he's right around one point seven five million. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, good for him. It really is good for him. I hope he has a nice family. The backup, he makes a lot of money. Co- the backup quarterback is the new Lugie. Do you know what Lugie stands for, Dave? 
I'm not left-handed sure. one-out guy in, oh, really? in baseball. Yeah, so if you – we all, and, and um, you know, it's funny. My, Great my, more baseball talk. Right, I'm going to talk about this. The show. My late grandfather who died – God, he, he's been dead for over 30 years now. Playing baseball. He, no, he did not play baseball. My other grandfather played professional baseball. But this but grandfather – No, he didn't die. Well, this, he didn't die playing baseball. But he – when my, my, my middle brother, um, the middle brother in my family, he was the athlete. Really good, really talented. He's a left-handed uh, hitter and pitcher. My grandpa tried to like pull his left hand behind his back when he was making, just trying to make him right-handed. And like now, I look back on him, like, man, you, you got to make your kid left-handed if you want to give him a career in baseball. That's where it's at, you know. If you can be a left-handed pitcher, you can pitch in the major leagues for ten plus years easily. So that's where it's at right now. Um, my question about Matt Ryan versus Matt Schaub, Dave, if does it matter as far as Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper goes if Schaub starts versus Ryan for you this week? Yeah, it matters a lot. Okay, so what would you sit Calvin Ridley if Schaub plays as opposed to Ryan? Oh, bulky depends who else you have. <laughs> uh, would you be more likely to sit Ridley? Probably, yeah. I would be less. In, I think they'd throw for like you know fifty less yards on okay. average, maybe point eight less touchdowns if I'm being David Dodd. There is no way I can sit. I don't care if you're playing quarterback for the Falcons. There's no way I'm sitting Julio Jones or Austin Hooper this week. No way. That's fine. That's totally fine. Do you disagree with me, though? Yes. I think so it, there is a scenario for you where you would I mean, sit. If you're, if you're totally loaded at receiver. But, I mean, keep in mind, even Julio Jones has three for 18 games. He does. Austin Hooper has one for seven games, and it's, it's much more likely that they happen with a crappy quarterback like Shaw, a, a statue. No, I, Schaub, Again, Schaub, the Seattle defense is not good. It's not terrible, but it's not, not terrible, it's not but it's not good. But I mean, you know, Schaub could he could have a good game. The, the thing is, there's a ton of variance. There's more downside, definitely. Schaub could end up throwing the ball 15 times to Ridley, for all we know, and then Julio gets a crappy game, or vice versa. I, right. I, I, don't, I can't tell you what's going to happen. That's fine. There's I understand. Just, there's so much less predictability. The last time Schaub played, or last few times he played, he didn't look that great. Let's help out our listeners here a little bit. Um, for uh, for all this. The questions I'm about to ask you this, would you rather, let's assume Matt Schaub is playing quarterback for the Falcons. You have Austin Hooper and TJ Hawkinson against the Giants. Who are you playing? I'm starting Hooper. Hawkinson is unreliable completely. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip that one. Let's move up to Austin Hooper against Seattle or Zach Ertz at Buffalo. I'm still, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Ertz, yeah. wait, what happened with Ertz? Is, I know. Is he dead? My, my co-host in, uh, on my local show here in the, in the Valley, uh, Leo, I've told you, whatever he does, do the opposite. It has been a horrible year for him. He complains about Zach Ertz every week, and he's, I, he's I done very start, little. I actually might start Hooper because of how bad Ertz has been, even uh, though it's weird. All right, here's, here's a fun one. Would you rather play Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry at Chicago? Henry for sure. Okay, Henry for sure. Henry's like a top two or three option with, with Allen probably out. Right. Um, Austin Hooper or Evan Engram at Detroit? Uh, you know, I haven't been following Engram that much. I can't give a good answer on that. Okay, that's who, fine. Who would, he's been kind of For not, me, I would still play Hooper. He's not been very good. He's been he's had, he started he's not, off he's not he started well. off like gangbusters, looked like a top three tight end, got hurt, and now he's kind of working his way back. And Daniel Jones is right. still to be determined. Um, you are playing Travis Kelsey over Austin Hooper, I'm assuming, with Matt Schaub. And you are playing Obviously. the last one, Darren Waller. You're playing with him, you're playing yeah, him over Austin Hooper. I try, you know, I, like uh, John Terry said, both for a number of these. I mean, I mean these are top guys. I mean, right. Well, starting, that's why I'm trying to co- I'm trying to talk about players that you could have Hooper with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not obviously, you're not going to have. I mean, I would start 
Ertz and Hooper, Waller and Hooper, Kelsey and Hooper, Ingram and Hooper in a lot of situations. La- last one here. This is one that you could actually have. Austin Hooper or Gerald Everett at home against the Bengals. I would start Hooper for sure. Okay. Yeah. I like Gerald Everett quite a bit this week. Do you? Yeah, I do. Quite a bit. Uh, all right, a couple What's more questions. Fourth option in that offense. Uh, yeah, and he's still been crushing it. We're gonna get <laughs> to uh, we're gonna get to our guest uh, Rob Fursick in a little bit. Uh, we got to talk about this Cardinals situation now. Cardinals GM Steve Kime said that David Johnson is gonna be a game time decision against New Orleans. We all know what happened last week. David Johnson was active. Chase Edmonds crushed it. Now I don't know if this is gamesmanship talking about with Steve Kime. Um, trying to get the, the Saints to game plan for David Johnson. Not that that's a huge deal because Why Chase Edmonds was great. The Cardinals also signed Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner this week. Dave, what are you doing with Chase Edmonds and David Johnson this week? I'm definitely benching David Johnson. He's not going to play. The fact that they signed Morris. Even if he's active, you're benching David Johnson. Yeah, after last week, yes. Okay. And if he has a great game, you know what, whatever. Also, why the hell is a GM Dick I know. Steve Kerr out there making announcements? Steve, Steve Kerr, not, not Steve Kerr. He's Whatever. the head coach of the Warriors. He's also. Uh, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> but but Kime is, you know, he's such a jackass. He really is. He, yeah. he thinks he's like this amazing, you know, great GM. No, not so good. Right, okay. Um, way, Isabella did have his breakout game last week. Two for eight. You like Chase Edmonds this week? Uh, yeah, a guy who had three touchdowns last week. Yeah, I like that guy. One of my better Kentucky teams. You know who my starting backfield is this week? Uh, Eckler and Edmonds? No, Chase Edmonds and Ty Johnson. <laughs> That's who I'm rolling with. Sounds like fun. And it like, but, but my receivers are loaded. It's like Robert Woods, Hopkins, Edelman. Like it's it's really really good there. Um, so that's what I'm going to. Oh, wait, one more question before we get There's to Rob. There's rumors Fursick. about Drake going to uh, the Lions. There's been rumors about Drake going anywhere over the last. Well, I'm month. just saying, if the Drake if the Drake gets traded for like a fourth or a fifth next week, I love the Drake. All, all that $500 in bid money on Ty Johnson's going to go. I don't. I don't mind that because you got to sw- like a piece. No, pipe. no, you got to swing your sword when you can. I swung it this week. I picked up Ty Johnson in three leagues. I'm all happy right, about it. Adrian Peterson rushed 14 times for 76 yards last night in the Washington loss to the Minnesota Vikings. He also caught two balls. For 27 yards. Dave, this is a guy who is dealing with a high ankle issue. He's 34 years old. He was jump cutting out there. Uh, I look at Adrian Peterson, who's now gone over 75 yards on the ground in three straight starts. This guy looks like a flex play for me going forward, even though Washington's offense is K. Terrible. I agree with you. Peterson looks great. Frank Gore looks great. It's weird. It's like 2004 Hall, all over again. Like, no, it's like 2018 all over again. Hall of Fame running backs that are old are still Hall of Fame running backs. Right. They're still pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, Gore and Peterson were guys to take in DE leagues at, at least, or best ball. Um, and even in redraft late, I mean, those guys were decent pickups. They can, you know, a guy like Frank Gore can help you, in a, you know, by least 10 points a game. Adrian Peterson started last night eighth on the all-time rushing list. He has moved now into sixth after leapfrogging both Jerome Bettis and LaDainian Tomlinson last night. He is now sixth all-time. Congratulations to Adrian Peterson, and hopefully you got him on your roster. Let's get to tonight's guest. He's been very patient here. He's been drinking coffee in the basement for the last four hours, and uh, he, is, uh, he entered the FFPC for the first time last year, had a miserable year. He says he blames last year on his lack of pre-draft prep, neglecting to take the time to familiarize himself with the rules of the league like Tight end premium, yep, absolutely. What the hell are all these tight ends going for? <laughs> he realized after drafting uh, the, the team, it was also a no-trade league, which obviously the Football Guys Players Championship I is. I took four quarterbacks in the first eight rounds. I'm not saying he did that. 
So he chalks up last year to a learning experience. He says he's going to come back with a vengeance this year, and he definitely has. He's managed his only F, uh, F Football Guys Players Championship squad all the way up to second place in the Amazing. quest for a $250,000 grand prize. Numerous local leagues to his uh, uh, local leagues uh, titles to his name, and a guy who's been very successful on the DFS circuit as well. Please welcome into the show tonight, Mr. Rob Fursick. Rob, welcome into the show, man. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday night. Thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. Well, you are very welcome. Glad to have you aboard. This is a, this is a fun fun time of year because we are coming up. What we have. Four more weeks left in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season. Then we're into the league playoffs. Then we're into the fun part of it. Um, and and you look at your squad. I, I know, you know that. The only squad I, you I went have... back and I checked the rules this year. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine how good you could have done last year had you known the rules. You, we might be talking to a six-figure nah, champion was... right now. I, I, was, I was dead money from day one. I had no shot. All right. Just big, well, just listen, you are not. preparation, buddy. That's what it is. There was no bad preparation on your part this year. You are not dead money from, from day one this year. We want to get into your fantasy team, but before we do that, can you tell us what you're doing for a living, Rob, when you are not crushing the Football Guys Players Championship? I am a civil trial attorney. Uh, I'm licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and uh, unfortunately that consumes a good deal of my time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and uh, we have a lot of um, uh, successful players from that. I think they call it the tri-state area, Dave. Oh, if, is that what they call it? Yeah, I think they call it the tri-state area, should, Dave. Why don't you, aren't you, you should play the uh, the lawyer music. I don't have that anymore. <laughs> I used to have the L.A. Law. Yeah, we used to have the L.A. Law. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. Rob got Rob got rid of it as we were trying to streamline the board here uh, on, on the program. But that would have been great had we had that. Uh, in any event, Rob, it is it is good to have you. It's too bad that your your day job takes up so much of your time. Um, but Dave has a question for you about your only team in the Football Guys Players Championship here. All right, so you had correct. a you know a ton of people here in uh, in this thing. Second place, it's amazing. Um, did you draft it any differently? I mean, did you you know take more risks than you normally would in let's say your local leagues, knowing that it's your only shot at two hundred fifty grand? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I kind of have my pre-draft projections going in. I, I tend to uh, try to stick to that the best I can. The, the scoring system is obviously a little different in the leagues that I typically play in. I learned that last year, as you guys are aware. Um, but, you know, I, I, I pretty much try to stick to what I have and then read the board and, and, and you know, uh, go from there. But uh, it, it's uh, – no, I, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident in my projections by the time I'm 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 drafting. Uh, this was actually the last league that I drafted for the season, so I was pretty familiar with ADP, and uh, landed the 11th spot and and pretty much stuck to my guns on my projections. Yeah, we, out of the 11th. Yeah, spot, I, know. I thought it was impossible. Well, you know, I was reading on Twitter; it's impossible to do well. Well, not only, not only that, Dave, but we've been bucking the trend as far because we've had a lot of guests on this year who have been doing very very well drafting not only from the back end of the draft but drafting in May, uh, drafting is, in early June. This is all fake news. This, 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 this couldn't is, be possible. You have to have the one or the two pick. You have to have the one or the two pick in September, and <laughs> and this is you know we're having people who drafted early on. Now, not the case tonight, but Rob is the case where you had the 11 pick and, and you definitely did a lot with it, more so than a lot of teams 
have this year. I feel like we've talked about Austin Eckler every single week, and I think it gets more and more compelling as the season goes on because people are expecting a flip here, and the flip simply hasn't happened, Rob. The 602 selection for you in this football guys league was Eckler. Now with Melvin Gordon back, uh, Austin Eckler seems like he's been outperforming him. Is he the guy that you'd rather start? Because a lot of teams, in fact, Dave's Kentucky auction team, he has both Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Are you still playing Eckler over Gordon when it comes down to it? Uh, Eckler over Gordon. I think either of them are playable at this point. Um, I, I, I was a fan of Eckler. I, I mean, I think the kid can just flat out ball. Um, you know, every time he's been given the opportunity, he stepped up and he's delivered. And you've seen that through but last year. He was a, a complimentary player. Uh, you saw that obviously the first couple of weeks this year. And, uh, frankly, I, I think he's just a better overall fit for that particular offense than Gordon is. Um, you saw what happened at the end of the game last week. Uh, you know, that, that was a different scenario. I think you put Eckler back in there. Unfortunately, that touchdown got reversed, uh, which didn't really affect the outcome of my game. But it, uh, it, it, I think it's pretty evident that he's he's an excellent fit there. And uh, if Gordon does move on or he gets moved to the other and another one option, I think he could definitely be a feature back in the league. I've always been a fan of Gordon. Or excuse me, guys. Yeah, no, and, and- – of Eckler, yeah, and and it's interesting too because Eckler had the touchdown called back. Then what happens? Melvin Gordon fumbles when he has the opportunity to score. So I think that's sort of a microcosm of what we're looking at for Eckler and Melvin Gordon. They far Isn't be it just just desserts. For them? Far be it for me. It is just desserts. Far be it for me to start a roomie here, Dave. Oh boy. But I would not be shocked if the two and five, I believe they're two and five, Chargers move Melvin Gordon prior to the trade deadline, and Austin Eckler is the man in the backfield in Los Angeles going forward. And you could really – yeah, he could be a league winner, quite yeah. frankly. We'll see. That sounds like something people say is on that podcast breaking news? never happens. It's not breaking news. Yeah, it is definitely – listen, I, crap I start rumors all the time. <laughs> but uh, this is not one that is started by me. We'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon going forward. But if he does get moved – Baltimore Ravens. We'll see what happens as far as uh, the Chargers go with Austin Eckler. Dave, go ahead. All right. So currently you have uh, Tyrell Williams on your bench in this league. Uh, he's back to practice. Uh, the Raiders don't have a whole lot of receiver. And, uh, the cupboard is bare. You know what? People don't really – maybe people don't know this. People say that uh, Tyrell Williams is the number 22 wide receiver on a points-per-game basis this season. That's actually pretty good, averaging 15.65 points a game. Uh, so you have a choice. You could look at Tyrell Williams or, or Royce Freeman, who's been coming on and looking pretty good as well. What are you, uh, what are you thinking? Uh, this week in particular, I'm probably going to stick with Freeman uh, just to see how uh, Williams comes back. I mean, coming back off plantar fasciitis, I think it's something you want to uh, test the water a little bit before I throw him back in there. And I was actually kind of high on, on Freeman coming into the season. Um, and you're starting to see that uh, an equal – uh, share of carries or, or distribution there in that Denver offense. Uh, Williams, be honest with you, uh, I kind of took a flyer on him before. Not, a, I wouldn't say a flyer, but uh, at the time, that was the whole Antonio Brown fiasco, and uh, he exceeded my expert expectations the first couple of weeks. Uh, but I'll, I'll probably keep him on the bench this week, and then you know see how he performs and go from there. You know, a lot of the, I look at um, a lot of the rankings out there, a lot of the pundits who, um, you know, weigh in on this type of stuff, they're very down on Tyrell Williams this week, despite 
Oakland not having a lot of options, despite Tyrell Williams resuming uh, practice this week. So I have him on my bench in, in a lot of leagues this week. I actually, you know, I own Rice. I only own Rice Freeman in one league this year, and I like his matchup this week. I and I will start him, but that is one of the the leagues, Dave, that we talked about at the top of the show, where I have Keenan Allen, where if he does sit then I'll probably I'll play Royce Freeman. And quite frankly, even if he doesn't, I'll probably play Royce Freeman given the, the load that I expect both those guys to get. Well, you know, Freeman's a, you know, he's a less risky play because he's going to get carries no matter what. He's going to, his base, is, his worst game possible is maybe seven points. You know, Tyrell Williams could have a zero. It's, it's, it is possible. Uh, just to, you know, throw some numbers out there. Sure. Football Guys has um, Royce Freeman at 13.1 PPR points and Tyrell Williams, Tyrell Williams at 10.4. So they, they, Interesting. they favor, our good friend David Dodds favors Royce Freeman in this particular situation. Wash guy chiming in, he wants to know if Tyrell Williams is a good wide receiver three. No, he is not a good wide receiver three. Um, if, he's, if he's active, he might make a decent one, but I, I'm, I'm not loving him this week. He's on the bench in most of my leagues. We're talking with Rob Fursick, the uh, You know, this is like the fourth week in a row. We've had the, the runner-up, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. So we've had a lot of talented players the teams on. the first are too scared to come on. No, a lot of, uh, no, honestly, you want to know why the teams in first have not come on? Because they've already come on because they were the second-place team. Oh, right. and, and then they move up to first. So okay, we'll see if that happens with Rob this week. Be nice. Well, it would be better if it happened after week 11 for well, Rob. Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. Regular season. Hey, Rob, did you read that there's regular season prizes? Uh, I did, yes. I, I, like I said, I, I started the rules of pickles for this year. He's well Learn, aware. Learning mistakes. <laughs> right, He's well point. aware, yeah. And it's not like 200 grand, but, you know, maybe like 5, 10 grand or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like something. something. It's something for sure. You're holding on to uh, Darius Geis here, Rob. When does he get removed from IR by uh, the Redskins? And when he does get taken off IR, is he a top 15 running back, given what we've seen what Adrian Peterson has done behind this line? Or is at best, is he a flex play going forward, given the matchups and given the offense he's playing under? Uh, well, not holding on to him. I actually just picked him up off the waiver wire this week. Uh, oh, there you go. Out there. I thought it, was a, thought it was a good, you know, grab and stash. Uh, I, I, I think I, I view him as a flex option as best going forward. With high upside, obviously, he was high ranked coming into the season. And uh, fortunately, I was in a position to – I had a good bulk of – I think I only used like 20-some hours in my free agent uh, bidding. So I, I had a good deal of that left, and I saw an opportunity, and I grabbed him. So he's just kind of a stash guy on the bench for now. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I think he's he's more of a flex guy going forward. I don't I don't think he's going to quite reach, you know, given the state of the Washington offense, I, I don't think he's going to be that top 15 guy that everybody projected coming into the season. I I have had I own him in one dynasty league. I've had the opportunity to sell high on him three times. As I stated, I am not a good dynasty player. As I've held on to him every chance I've gotten. When he comes <laughs> back and tops 80 yards rushing in a game for the first time. You make me an offer because I will basically sell them for whatever at that point. I am convinced that my knees, which ache every time I go running, are healthier than Darius Geis's at this point. You know, it's because you're overtraining. It's not because I'm overtraining. And uh, Darius Geis is, uh, you talk about overtraining, the wear and tear on his knee uh, after the surgeries and every, all the stress he's put under it since LSU I am not a fan of him. I need to get yeah, rid of he's him. He's a buster. Uh, I, I, I don't he, like him. You, know, you never know. He might come back and be all right the rest okay, of Okay, that's great. I hope he is, and I hope, it, dynasty, works. Though, I w- hope it works out for the next Dynasty <laughs> team he's on in my league because it will not be mine. A um, lot of news in New England, Dave, this week. Yeah, so they 
I don't know, Phantom IR Josh Gordon. Who knows what the heck that that deal is? But Gordon's going to probably sign with some other team pretty soon. Mohamed Sanu is now been now a Patriot. They have a second round pick, which is insane. But anyway, you thought that was an overpay by New England? Yeah, yeah, by a lot. Yeah, I thought so too. Anyway, uh, what Jacoby Myers? Uh, you know, he's one of your bench wideouts, but he's I mean, he looks so great in preseason. Uh, he's one of those guys, like you kind of said about Eckler. I think he can just go out and ball. Um, do you think that uh, this really negates Jacoby Myers and the New England's uh, plans for receiver? Uh, also, Nikhil Harry kind of may, yeah. or may not be coming back off that uh, IR. Yep. Yeah, he, he was another guy. Like you said, he looked spectacular in the preseason. Uh, obviously, he had a great collegiate career at NC State. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I think in his senior year, I think he may have even broke Torrey Holt's single-season record. Uh, emerging slot target. The whole thing with with that New England offense, you know, obviously Brady has historically spread the ball around. You never know where it's going to go. But if you trust the guy, he's going to he's going to deliver the ball to him. And uh, so far, so good. He stepped up. You know, he's been given the opportunity. Um, we don't know what we're going to see yet with Nikhil Harry. Obviously, they invested a high draft pick on him. But uh, you know, with Belichick and Brady, you've seen over the years if if, if you give the given the opportunity and they deliver. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're undrafted, whether you're a first-round pick, whether you come in as a, a you know premier guy like Josh Gordon. Uh, you catch the ball, you step up. They're 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 going to give you the opportunity to. And so far, he's done that. Uh, obviously, for me, I'm not too thrilled about the fact that Sanu's coming in. Uh, that's kind of going to muddy the waters a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I, I certainly don't mind stashing him on the bench for now and see what happens. And this was. At the time when uh, when I drafted him, this is again uh, not to be redundant, but before this whole Antonio Brown fiasco, I didn't see that he was going to be pushed down further, even further down the depth chart. But uh, what I've seen the last couple of weeks, to be pleased with. Dave, I, I know I've asked you this every time. It seems like we talk about Josh Gordon with a guest, but do you own Josh Gordon in any of your dynasty leagues yet? Sadly, yes, too. And what are you doing with him? Are you hanging on to him to see what happens, or are you cutting bait? Uh, I'm not cutting him yet. I'm just saying, yeah, hang on. Seeing what happens. Okay. Yeah, he's he just he's an albatross. He's one of those guys on the team that I just can't stand. But who knows? I mean, I'll give him like one last shot. You know, the worst thing that could possibly happen is he signs with some team and then starts being good again. You know, that's like the worst. You hold on to the guy this long, and it's the whole sunk cost fallacy. But hey, right. you know what? My cost is sunk, and so is my team. I'm going to hang on to him for another couple of weeks. You know, they they have. I've I've seen Titanic. Sometimes they, they hire these salvage companies to raise these sunk costs out of the ocean, yeah, and they become the, pretty valuable again. The girl lived at the end, too. I mean, she did just, live. Just because Leo died, I mean, she's all right. Yeah, she, well, she's dead now, but yes, the, the actress, actress, at least. Yeah, Gloria Stewart died a few years ago. No, I was talking about the, uh, well. The Rose DeWitt Pucowder? Yeah, she's dead, too. <laughs> it, she, there's no way she's still alive. Um, no, so the, the other thing I wanted to point out with, um, with Josh Gordon, this was something that, the football guys podcast actually brought to the surface, Mike Reese, who is the ESPN Patriots reporter. Um, you know, a lot of times these beat reporters, Dave, they can't, they, they have stuff to say to um, like, they know stuff, but they can't exactly report that stuff. So they find different ways of reporting it. Uh, Cecil Lammy, Sigmund Bloom called it Lassie barks where you're, you're talking about um, uh, certain things without talking about them. And Mike Reese actually tweeted out after Josh Gordon got cut. He said, this guy works his tail off in practice. I, you know, I saw him on a fumble by one of his teammates run you know, his tail off to try to chase him down. Doesn't seem like he was cut for football reasons. So you kind of read between the lines of that tweet, a guy who's so close to the team, 
Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that we're not privy to. I don't know. Um, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but maybe there is something there. You never know. Um, so that was the Patriots situation at wide receiver. No, I'm not saying he's going to fail any tests. A drug... No, I'm not insinuating that. I'm just insinu- I, I'm saying that there could be something behind the scenes um, that we don't know. About. I mind that was the scene in New England. Sure. You would love it, wouldn't you? Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, that'd be perfect, Rob. 100%. That was the situation in New England with the receivers this week. Mohamed Sanu becoming a New England Patriot this week. Let's talk about San Francisco because they made a deal with Denver to acquire Emmanuel Sanders. So you look at who they have now there, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis, and now Emmanuel Sanders enters the fray. Obviously, we know George Kittle is probably the number one pass-catching option. Who's the number one wideout for you right now, Rob, in San Francisco? Is it Emmanuel Sanders or is it somebody else who's already there? I mean, you kind of got to look at Kittle as, as a tight end slash wide receiver. He's obviously clearly going to be the number one option there. Uh, I, I think they definitely have a talented young core there, a lot of young guys, but nobody's really emerged. Um, I think Debo Samuel will eventually claim that role. Um, unlikely to be this year, though. I think we've seen some flashes. Uh, I, I've always kind of been a fan of Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's shown that he's fully recovered from, from that Achilles injury last year. And he's clearly still has something in the tank. So by default, I would say, yeah, he's probably going to be the number one. Um, considering they do have a run-heavy offense, I, I would temper my expectations. Um, but it's obviously – I think the move is obviously going to be beneficial to him going forward. I would see him as a wide receiver two slash three going forward, potentially a solid flex. You know, speaking of trades, I didn't realize this this week, but Gary and Conley got roasted by the the uh, the a- Gary and Conley got roasted by the afterthoughts in the Packers receiving uh, uh, core this past week. Marquez Valdez Scantling, Jake Kumaro, uh they absolutely toasted Gary and Conley, who was a corner for the Raiders. The Raiders traded him this week, Dave, to the Houston Texans. Guess who the Houston Texans play this week? You guessed it, the Oakland Raiders. So they traded him to the guy that they're going to be playing against. If that was, if there's ever uh, an indictment of a player's uh, skill ability. We're seeing this now with Gary and Conley. Start all your Texans this week. I'm playing Kiki QT in a couple of weeks, or in a couple of leagues as well, uh, to see what happens there. Um, you look at uh, Debo Samuel. We just heard what Rob said. Dave, if you're in a dynasty league and somebody offers you an early second round 2020 pick for Debo Samuel right now, are you taking that or would you rather have Samuel? Um, with this coming draft class, I'd rather have the pick. The pick, okay. All right, fair enough. I was never all that high on Samuel. He didn't have a high phenom score. Uh, I don't know. Just wasn't my wasn't my guy. The other thing to keep in mind with with Sanders is, and and we'll we'll probably see some more trades, you know, come come through before Tuesday's trade deadline. Remember these these teams that are acquiring these veterans. While it seems like they might be giving up a lot, if these guys leave in free agency, you're looking at compensatory picks for these players too. So there is something there that That's these true. that these teams could be recouping there. I was going to say, I mean. Back to you know the, the Sanders trade is, is that's the front office saying they're not happy with their wide receivers. Whether that's an indictment of Dante Pettis, it is, or an indictment <laughs> of Debo Samuel, it, it might is. be. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, it's, for sure it's Dante Pettis. But I mean, Debo Samuel, it's not the best. Where I was reading somewhere, somebody said, "Oh, you know, uh, Marquise Goodwin is a good long-term solution in San Francisco, but maybe not in the immediate. He's like 28. 
he sucks, man. He's was, all, he's and he's always, not young either. He's not is, a good. When has he ever been good? I mean, just because he got drafted in the third and fourth round one year, he, he sucks. No, he had he did have a good like two thirds of a season. He had, yeah, he had eight good games at yeah. the end of a season. And, when, and he, uh, when uh, Garoppolo started. Playing. Yes, and people are remembering that. Five games. I cut him in a lot of leagues this week. Well, we saw Fantasy Mojo's tweet. There was a ton of people in FFPC leagues this week cutting Goodwin, Pettis, and Samuel in redraft leagues. Uh, no question. Now there's a certain tight end like that a lot of people would say. Every week too. Yeah, that's another good point. <laughs> right, Absolutely, yeah. uh, it seems that way. Um, not not necessarily concussion, but maybe performance based. Dave, um, the tight end in in Tampa, OJ Howard. This is a guy that uh, has clearly underperformed this year, and we know he is not playing this week. So now that yeah, we I know, would bench him for sure. I know you would bench him, but but <laughs> your your but your question for Rob here. Who's the next guy up in Tampa, and is he fantasy-worthy? Yeah, so they don't seem to use tight ends much in this offense, but is it O.J. Howard, or is the Harvard grad Cameron Braid? Did he go to Harvard? Through? Yeah, I think so. They went to somewhere good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Cameron Braid, the Ivy League attendee, is he a good start this week, do you think? <laughs> a, a good start? Um, I think he's starting a bowl. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would consider him a good start. And you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they, they, this offense, the scheme just doesn't really utilize the tight end, and I don't know if that's because of Howard or just the the new scheme in general. Um, I'd I, I put him in the top 15 this week. Um, obviously, there's some chemistry there with, with Jameis. He seems to, at least historically, has favored him in, in the, the red zone. Um but I'm not totally convinced that the tight end position is a focal point under the Bruce Ar- the, the new Bruce Arian scheme. Um, clearly, everything's being ran through Goodwin and uh, Godwin and Evans. They dominate the target share of the passes. Uh, I believe it's somewhere around 65 to 67 percent to wide receivers. And last time I, 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 I thought I looked at this the other day. I think there's uh, going into this week. I think there's been 34 total targets to tight ends combined. By Tampa Bay, um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily consider him a good start. But if you're desperate, why not? Yeah, and there's going to be Witten owners that have him on by. There's going to be Mark Andrews owners that have him on by. Delaney Walker has already been ruled out this week against Tennessee. So if you are desperate, he's a guy that you can look to with Cameron Bray. But I mean, I, I think it's Evans and Godwin there uh, going forward, and, and we'll see what happens. Uh, no question. By the way, Dave, uh, Cameron Bray did go to Harvard. And I will bring this up the Harvard, uh, on the Harvard tip. I was doing the afternoon show today, the show with Leo and Balky, which you can hear at 95.9 and 99.1. I'm sure Rob, Rob really cares. In Appleton Oshkosh. Rob can listen to it on the app, the Score WI app, which you can download at Google Play or the App Store uh, on iOS. And uh, we were talking about old school. Remember the movie Old School, Will Ferrell, Jeremy yes. Piven? Yeah. So we were talking about um, what was the fictional college that that, that took place at. In, in that movie. And so I literally Googled what was the college in the movie Old School. And you know what Google said? Uh, huh. Harvard. Not really. Clearly it was not Harvard. It was, it, it was, it was Harrison University was the oh, name of it. Nice. But I did find out that they shot that movie at some high school in L.A., UCLA, USC, and Harvard. Hey, so, Rob, what, what, um, what was the name of the college in the movie Revenge of the Nerds? Do you remember that? Remember that? Rob, did you ever see that movie? Of course I did. Uh, I don't remember the, the name of the college. <laughs> No, I, I remember both. No, I saw the movie. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the college either. It was the Adams Adams. 
Adams, Adams Adams College, and they were the the team was the Adams A T O M S. Must have been a you know a stem. Oh, like a science, like a some sort of science university. Yes, Adam, as in like right. Okay. A, yeah. Adams Adams. The Adams College. Yeah, I'm sure they recruited the high profile athletes there, no question. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rob, listen, a couple of emails that came in for you this week. This is from uh, Bill in Moraga, California. Not sure if. Uh, what their college is located there. He writes, help me out this week. John Brown at home against the Eagles or DJ Chark hosting the Jets. I already have Hopkins, Godwin, and Cup in my lineup. Thanks, Rob. That is Bill in Moraga, California. We get emails like this, and I feel like it's just people want to brag about how awesome their team is. So he clearly is not sitting Hopkins, Godwin, or Cup this week. He can only play one of two, either John Brown uh, against Philly or DJ Chark at home against the Jaguars. Which one would you start, Rob? Bad, bad question for me. I'm going to be biased as an Eagles fan, obviously. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think you got to go John Brown there. So you're not biased. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I'm biased. You're an but Eagles if you want fan, me to be honest, I'm going to John, John Brown. Brown. I like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Dave, yeah, what, do Eagles fans watch the movie Invincible every, every Sunday? <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen Invincible, like Rob? Like 50 times? 50 yeah. times, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. I love that. That movie. was a good flick for sure. By the way, I found out. I actually, I actually kid, watched Vince it during Pop- the second it, half of uh, the Sunday night game last week. Of the Cowboys. Yeah, that <laughs> was, uh, you know was, what, right? you, that is time well spent for Eagles fans. No question. I just saw that Vince Papali's kid, I think, is playing college football somewhere. Oh, really? In yeah, real life? yeah, yeah, in real life. Yeah. IRL, as the kids say. Yeah. Dave, do you agree with that? Start John Brown over DJ Chark this week if you can only play one of them. John Brown against Philly, DJ Chark against the Jets. Oh, sure, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. John I, Brown's a top. He's been really playing well. I love John Brown this week quite a bit. I like DJ Chark. Well, here, here's what it is. I like DJ Chark, but I love John Brown, so I'm playing John <laughs> Brown over <laughs> DJ Chark. All right, Marty in Red Springs, North Carolina, is up for you next, Rob. I know the Eagle. Oh, another Eagles question. I know the Eagles are not playing their best brand of football right now. Besides Ertz, is there anyone I can trust from that squad in my football guys lineups? That is Marty in Red Springs, North Carolina. Sort of a hodgepodge at uh, running back. Obviously, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard back there. And then you still have Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey on this squad, Dallas Goddard uh, for a tight end premium league. Is there anybody else that you're trotting out in your lineups this week, in tight end premium lineups, Rob, besides Zach Ertz for Philly? I mean, I, I've, I, I drafted Goddard. Uh, I, I haven't started him yet. I don't think that this would be the week to do so. Um, at the moment, and, 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 and at least until Deshaun Jackson returns, I, I don't really see a consistent option other than Ertz, who's obviously uh, you know, underwhelmed so far to date. So I, I, I'm going to say no. Dave, you agree with that? You're not playing you, – you, well, maybe you're playing some Eagles, but you're not trusting them. Is Ertz the only guy that's trustworthy right now in this lineup, in the, on this team? Yeah, I mean, Alshon, I guess a little bit, but you, I'd really be looking not to play Alshon right. this week. Yeah. Um, that, that Buffalo defense this is, definitely is, is not underrated. Good. Yeah. 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 He, he's not you – know, he's, he's, he's not a separating type guy. He's, a, you know, he's just kind of – He's a savvy vet at this point in his career. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, does Amari Cooper uh, commit offensive pass interference on every every route he runs? Really? Do you think he does? It sure seems like it. How many? How many? I mean, pass- like every Hold on. every damn route. Hold on, Rob. How many OPIs did did Amari Cooper yeah, get away Rob, with against yeah, uh, against question. Philly on Sunday night? Like Twenty. 
And, and the first half, I counted four. And then I was watching Invincible for the second <laughs> half, so I can't really comment on that. <laughs> exactly. This is crazy. This guy pushes us every time, and then he gets called like about you know, 20% of the time. Do, the, do, the, do some of the wide receivers get the LeBron James, Michael Jordan superstar treatment in the NFL? Yeah, and Cooper's really not that great. I mean, he's good. He's right. not like LeBron. Well, who, who gets away with it then? Because Beckham doesn't. Julio Jones doesn't. Uh, yeah, Cooper might be the one who does it the most, though. Maybe it's just Alabama guys. They, I mean, they, they don't call OPI. Julio, they don't call you know, holding. You know why Julio doesn't do it? It's because he gets open because he's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Like he, you know, he runs a four three five forty and he just gets open. Didn't Julio Jones go to Alabama? Am I misremembering I that? He did. Rob, where did Julio did. Jones go to school? Alabama. Alabama. There you go. Yeah. And and why, why the hell is it Rob's job to know where Julio went? To well, because Rob is way smarter than you or I will ever be. <laughs> In fact, on that note, Dave. Uh, let's ask him one final question before we let him go and enjoy his weekend. All right, tonight. this is for redraft. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Rob. Uh, we need a player, a fantasy player that FFPC owners should be starting. Uh, will be actually, I'm sorry, should be starting, but they're not currently. It's a sleeper. And we also need someone that they would, you know, it's an obvious start, but really not someone they should be starting. They want to bench that player. This is really, I didn't ask, ask that. No, that's all well. right. I think Rob gets the gist of it. A guy that should be benched that should be started and vice versa. Right. <laughs> Basically, a guy that, that a lot of FFPC players will start that you don't think should be starting, and then conversely, a lot of guys that will, got it. that will be on their bench that you think should be started. Uh, which one you want first? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the – Whatever you want. All right. Um, let me see here. I, I'm going to say this week in particular um, – and I don't know that it's much of a surprise, but Derrick Henry, I mean, you know, a uh, matchup against Tampa Bay, obviously a tough matchup. They got the number one run defense in the league. Uh, only letting up about less than 70 yards per game. Uh, it's coming off a bye. It's going to be a pace-up game for Tennessee, depending on which version of uh, Jameis shows up. If Tampa Bay jumps out to an early lead, Tennessee could be playing from behind, and uh, they've shown an emphasis, at least in the past couple of weeks, since Tannehill's taken over to get the ball to uh, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And Tannehill's actually looked pretty decent the past couple of weeks. So um, if you have another option, I would sit Derrick Henry this week. Nice. I like it. What about a sleeper? Sleeper? Um, I, I, uh, I have two. Anthony Miller, it's a deep sleeper if you're desperate, um, but the last couple of weeks you saw an increased target share. He's had eight total targets through week four, 16 over the last two weeks. The offense is desperate for a consistent number two option, and uh, I see him potentially emerging as a number two option. Uh, the other one's pretty obvious. I'm not going to give much commentary on it, but Kenny Stills, obviously with uh, Will Fuller out, uh, he's going he's gonna to spread the field uh, against this, the, the, the Raiders, Raiders defense. And I think he's he's going to be a solid start if you have him available. Um, and the other one also is going to come from Tennessee. If, uh, we talked about some of the fade. Uh, I think Johnny Smith, I mean, the kid's going to be given an opportunity. I, I don't know what the status is on Delaney Walker. Um, he's questionable. He's, he's unlikely to play as far as I know. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the kid's shown some talent. I think he's he's got the skill set. He's got the size to be a solid tight end in the league. Uh, he showed showed he showed flashes of that last year before he got hurt. Uh, with Delaney's career winding down, I think Tennessee's going to see what they have in this kid, and he may get more opportunities and packages inserted if he's if, if that's the case. Uh, they like to target the tight end quite a bit, uh, about 23% on the season, but I suspect that may dip depending on 
uh, you know, what happens with Tannehill. Uh, but he hasn't looked too bad again. So I, I think, you know, as far as a deep sleeper, somebody you may want to pick up going forward would be John Smith. Yeah, so a few things to unpack here. Yeah, I, I have a lot to say about this. Number one, I can tell you a few hours ago, the Titans officially ruled Delaney Walker out this week. So it is the John o. Smith show, you as you pointed out, Rob. And I remember last year there was one spot start that John o. Smith made for Delaney Walker, and he put up a 0.0. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. And that is what John o. Smith did last year. However, in Delaney Walker's stead this year, when Walker has not been playing well or he's been playing hurt, John o. Smith actually looked pretty good. And the fact that he goes up against a Tampa Bay defense, which you pointed out is very stingy against the run this year, maybe Derrick Henry you want to second guess. You don't want to second guess John o. Smith this week. I think he is a great flex start in tight end premium league. And I am starting Kenny Stills literally in all my leagues this week. I love him. I think he's going to crush it. Oakland just traded maybe their best corner, who was terrible to begin with, to Houston. And uh, they're going to be depleted in that secondary. So I think Hopkins uh, and, and Kenny Stills have a field day. We'll see about Kiki QT, but I think it is going to be Hopkins and Stills, no question, for Houston this week. So I love the John o. Smith call. I love the Derrick Henry call. Love the Kenny Smith call, no question. A lot of great stuff there from you, Rob. Thank you so much for popping on tonight. We really appreciate you joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Second place in the Football Guys Players Championship going forward. Best of luck to you in that league and in all your leagues. I know uh, your local leagues, one of them, you, you, you told me offline, you're still looking for that elusive championship there. So you could win uh, grand this year and, and, yeah. and still be looking for a title in that other league. Best of luck to you in all your leagues, though, Rob. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Rob Fursick, thank you so much. Popping on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Uh, you can check out uh, his team going forward in the uh, in the Football Guys Players Championship. Dave, you look a little confused right now. Well, I'm a little perplexed. Delaney Walker in 2018 uh, played one game. He scored 9.2 points in week one. That's it. And he missed the rest of the season? Yeah. And what did John o. Smith do? Oh, jack crap. Okay, so you don't like John O. Smith this well, I'm week. Well, I'm just looking at 2018. So after week one when Walker played, right? Uh, we, John O. Smith had a 0, 1.9, a 0, a 0, a 2.2, a 3.1 by week, 11.3, 13.5, 10.4, 14.3. Uh, is this FFPC scoring or no? That's regular PPR. Okay. You know, whatever. Grant me that. Four, a nice four-week run, mediocre. A 4.9 is 0, and then he missed the last two games. So he had, a, you know, he had an all right run for four games, and then maybe he got hurt or whatever. And I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, but I mean, it's not like I, I remember Johnny Smith last year and I got so pissed because I was thinking the same thought thing. thought the sky was the limit. Yeah. I thought the same thing where you're talking about right now was right. going to happen and it, it did not. But I still I like his talent. I'm just uh, I'm just kind of wondering. I, I just don't I don't understand why he did so poorly last year. Aunt Jemima and Waskai are pointing out in the chat room right now. We probably should have mentioned him. Jared Cook has already been ruled out this week for New Orleans, which means Josh Hill oh, will be the starting tight end Josh for the Saints. Hill? Yeah. I thought. Do we have a bet coming on? Do we? Yeah. I, I don't what, I don't know I if we do. Wanted, I think they wanted to bet us. What was the total, guys? Was it eleven or is it ten? I'd, I'd take under 11, for sure. Well, they say greater than 11. All right, that's it. So Josh Hill at home against Arizona, who may be the worst covering defense for tight ends this year. You know, I looked on player profile, or Josh Hill's player profile, not too shabby. It's uh, Although he didn't even make mock draftable. Is, He's such a loser. David, is it, is it a balloon knot? <laughs> is that what we're looking at for, for his... Uh, what? A balloon knot. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know that I do. When, when you're looking at his, um, you know, the little, the, the, oh, the, yeah. the chart. 
they don't have them on mock draftable. He's a no show. What is that? A, a, a player profiler? What what one has that? You know what I'm talking about? Mock draftable. About? Mock draftable. Yeah. It's a big. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not. He's not on there. So he lit. It's non-existent. He's. A, he's not. They don't have a profile. Okay. So he's right. undrafted. All right. So it's not even a balloon knot. All right. I guess we negotiated up to eleven with John Terry. John. All right. So like, here's all right, 11, so, eleven. is fine. So Dave and I have Josh Hill, week eight against the Cardinals, under eleven. We got five on it. We got five on it. At, Half PPR scoring. All right. But Aunt Jemima and oh wait, it's FFPC Hudson Kern Reeve have over 11 in FFPC scoring. We all got five on I it. Currently, we are even. No one knows. We are. Yeah, we lost on that AP bet. So it's under 11. You getting this, Rob? Perfect. I spoke with Rob today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, interesting. I just spoke with he's, him now. He's doing well. Good. Thanks, I'm glad Rob. to hear it. Nice to talk to you. All right. For once. Let's get into uh, emails here. we got got five minutes left in the show. That's enough to pound out a few emails here. Brad in Chicago. Hey, guys, I loved game night a couple of weeks ago. Wondering if Dizzle can tell me. Now, are you listening? you got to listen closely. All right, I'll listen now. What real-life pair of teammates these stats match up for. All right, okay? teammates, gotcha. Player A, <laughs> 29 catches, 436 receiving yards, wow. 212 routes run. Okay. All right. Player B, 25 catches, 439 receiving yards, 210 routes run. They are real-life teammates, Dave. What tandem, receiving tandem, is this in the NFL? 29 catches, 436 yards, 212 routes run. 25 catches, 439 yards, and 210 routes run. He writes, good luck, Dave. That is Brad in Chicago. Brad, thanks for the email. We certainly appreciate it. I have corroborated this. This is actually in, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming Brad read Bill Barnwell from ESPN. He had a great article this week on some eye-catching stats around the NFL. This was one of them. I'm assuming you got this from there. So they, is real life teammates. These guys are teammates in real life. Can you tell me which teammates these are? Um, Any guesses? This is a tough one. Because they're fairly close together, right? Yeah, they're so, fairly close together. Um Averaging, they're averaging pretty good yards for catch. So this pretty good yards. yards. This is I by. Have, the, I have a guess. I have a guess. Go I have ahead. No idea of how close this okay. is. All right. Because they've had really dis- disparate uh, seasons so far. Sure. Um, I'm going to go Will Fuller and Hopkins. That is incorrect. Damn it. But you are actually kind of close in the fact that Hopkins was drafted way earlier than Will Fuller, and and their real life production is actually much closer than where they were drafted. <laughs> Player A also. In, in fantasy or real life. In, 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 in fantasy in, in, okay. this year, one of these guys was drafted way above yeah, the sure, other guy. Sure. Um, player A also has a 56% catch rate, 11 yard, air yards per target. Player um, B, 54% catch rate, 10 air yards per target. Okay, so 20, 20. And I can tell you, to, to narrow this down, I'm going to have this for you, Dave. They're in the same conference as Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. That's the AFC. Yeah, I'm All right. Thinking. I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. Catch. I'm surprised the the uh, the I'm chat room catch, has not has not. Per game here. Um, I'm, I I thought the chat room would be piping in with their guesses here. Dun, 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 but nothing so far from anyone. This is a tough one. I'm just I'm trying to run through different teams in the. No, AFC. that's fine. I get it. I'll I'll tell you this: they are not in the same division as Hopkins and Fuller, <laughs> if that helps out. But they are in the same conference. Um. And neither one, this may not help at all, but they were not draft. The team they currently play for, uh, they, the team did not draft either of these guys. They acquired them both in trades. 
That might be giving it away, but maybe not. They didn't draft either player. They didn't draft either player. They acquired them both in trades. <laughs> I know. It's tough, right? All right. This one's a, this is a crazy, weird guess, but I'm going to okay. try it. Well, okay. they, no, he did beta draft him. Um, okay. Well, who was your guess there? It doesn't matter. Oh, wrong. well, I mean, I could give you a hint if, if you missed on it. <laughs> you know, these aren't as much fun, Balky, when they're hard Really? You can't you can't think of a, a good receiving tandem. I can tell you I'll tell you this. Um, the the first guy was a slam dunk first or second round pick. The other guy slipped to probably like the fifth sixth round if I'm guessing in FFPC leagues, right? Um, don't look at the chat because Aunt Jemima just got it right. He figured it out. Okay. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I hate these. Should I just games. tell you? Yeah. All right. Aunt Jemima got it. It is. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry for the Browns, Dave. Stats very identical so far this season. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think this, this brings up the question, like, maybe I should be starting Jarvis Landry more often than, than, than I have been so far, given his stats are pretty close to Odell Beckham's. Well, they're really not that great. You don't think they're that great? Not over, really. Yeah, I guess over six weeks, 25 catches. You're basically, he's basically averaging what? I mean, they're not, they're not terrible. Four I mean, for 70. I mean, eh. I don't know what t- what touchdowns look like between these these yeah. guys this year, but uh, but that's that's what we're looking at there. Wonderful. Okay, so good job, Aunt Jemima. Let's move on. And thank you for the email, Brad in Chicago. Dear HSFFers, help me out in my lineup this week. Curtis Samuel at San Francisco or Jarvis Landry at New England. That is Matt in Rome, Texas. Thank you for the email, God, that's tough, Matt. Uh, yeah, neither one's great. You would think that Stephon Gilmore would probably be on Odell Beckham this week, though, for New England, right? And they would probably try to take out Beckham. Would you, if you were Bill Belichick, you know, we always talk about how Bill Belichick wants to take out your best offensive playmaker. Would you try to take out Beckham or Nick Chubb? Probably Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, I might lean, I might lean towards Chubb, actually. Beckham's not, he's not all that. So who would you play between Curtis Samuel and Jarvis Landry this week? If you can only play one. Uh, you know, it's pretty close, actually. But I, I feel like the... I feel like the Panthers have a better shot of making a, a solid game on the road. They're on the road at San Francisco. They are on the road, yes. I feel like that game could be a, more of a game where it, um, where they have a competitive game. It could go over. I mean, it could go under as well, of course. It could be one of those, like, 17-10 games. Right, yep. But with Cleveland, there's a chance that they just get, you know, shellacked. I mean, you know, they could have a good game too, but it's just – and I – by the way, New England's been playing against really bad quarterbacks. So they have been. Yes. Their defense. I don't know. I want to call Seeing it. A, ghosts. I don't want to call it a mirage, but I mean they have a lot of better quarterbacks coming up. But Mayfield hasn't been playing all that great either. No, so, he has not. So I'm a little. I'm a little scared of playing against the Patriots defense. So I think I'm going to go with Samuel. Who would you rather have the rest of the season, Gardner Minshew or Baker Mayfield? I don't really know. Um, I'd probably still go Mayfield. Okay. All right. So I don't know if this changes it at all, Dave. But the Panthers are five and a half point dogs at at San Francisco with a total of 42 in that game. Cleveland is a 12-point underdog at New England, total of 45. Does that change it at all for you? Or no? Still sticking? Um, not really. I mean, that means okay. there's going to be more garbage time. But a lot of times, you know, likely to be more garbage time for Cleveland. But, you know, sometimes that garbage time is just a bunch of three and outs where then, then, That's true. then uh, New England runs the ball up. All right, Paul in Baltimore. Let's go to him. Perhaps I'm overthinking it, but do you guys like Greg Olson in San Francisco or Gerald Everett at home against the Bengals? Donka Shane, that is Paul in Baltimore. Who would have thought it? A German living in Baltimore. I didn't know that was possible. So who do you like better this Germans week? Germans of all over. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that Baltimore is, is a 
well, I guess it's not a hub for Germans. They're, you know, there's probably some living there. Um, <laughs> I don't really think of it. It's like, you know, whatever. What it's do you like, think? It's just like the wire? I, yeah, you know, the whole, exactly. The whole town is like, I, I, know, don't, I don't think of all a bunch of like crackheads. How, how many, how, how many, <laughs> how many guys named, you to fill that stadium, you know, that field. How many guys named Sean McManus live in Harlem? <laughs> probably not that many. Yeah, what do they all live in uh, South, South Boston? Uh, yes. They all live in Southie? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> How many uh, Sydney Applebaums are living in Mobile, Alabama? <laughs> Not a whole lot. They all live in New York. They all live in New York. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Mr. Feinstein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Greg Olson against the Niners, Gerald Everett against the Bengals. Who do you like this week? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll tell you this. If I own both of them, I would play Everett this week over Olson. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to start Olson. You would still play Olson. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, I don't know. It's tough matchup against San Francisco with Kyle Allen throwing him the rock. It is. It is. You're right. What would you I do? Could see, I could see going ever. But, I mean, again, I look at it, You still have Brandon Cooks, Woods, and, uh, and Cooper Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah. So. What, uh, just curious. Uh, yeah, Gurley, too, once in a while. Right. As a, as a side question, what would you do if you own Cam Newton right now? Would you be cutting bait on him? Would you be keeping him around? I'd be picking him up if he was. You'd be picking him up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Al, Kyle Allen's going to lose this week, and then be like, "Oh my God, Kyle Allen lost! Wow, yeah. that's too bad." What about Drew Brees? Yeah, I'd pick him up too. Okay, good. Right. I mean, right. he should be rostered. Hopefully, final. He's not rostered in uh, in one of our mutual Kentucky leagues. I can tell you that. Oh, in the auction? Yeah, because we cut him <laughs> several weeks ago. And you know who's hey, been? We still got fifty-seven minutes till those waivers. And, and you know who's been crushing it for us in that league? Who? The guy who leads the NFL in passing touchdowns per game. Uh, okay. Any guesses on who that is? We didn't draft him. I don't even care. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is leading the NFL in pass him. touchdowns per game. Good He's been guys. great That's for good. us. Yeah. All right, final email tonight. Dennis in Saginaw, Michigan. Tough call for me at Flex in Week 8, and you guys are the tiebreaker. Royce Freeman or Shady? Thank you for the email. Dennis in Saginaw, Michigan. I've been to Saginaw before. Lovely town. Uh, Royce Freeman, Dave, uh, this week is a pretty good start, actually as uh, he is facing the Indianapolis Colts in the Mile High City. LaShawn McCoy is at home against the Green Bay Football Packers on Sunday Night Football. You can only play one. Who's it going to be, Freeman or McCoy? I'm going to start Freeman. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to look him up right now. Royce Freeman. Uh, while you look him up, I can tell you that I have this decision to make in one of my leagues, and I am currently starting Freeman over McCoy. Yeah, so Freeman right now is running back. This is, and this is kind of what I suspected. He's running back 21. Averaging on the season? Yeah. Holy cow, I didn't realize that. Averaging 11.5 points a game, and he's never had a game below 7.1 points, and that was week one. So, right. And again, not that that's great. Uh, Shady McCoy, comparatively, is uh, he's averaging, he's uh, running back 25, averaging 10.8 points a game. Um, but that is, uh, he did have a 23-point game in his low game. You'll see he had a five-point game, a four-point game, and another six-point game. So there's a, more of a variance with Shady. So I, I think I trust Freeman more just to be more of a consistent uh, player. Let me give a, a hot take to end the program tonight. LaShawn McCoy's fantasy value in week eight goes up with Matt Moore at quarterback versus Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And we know Patrick Mahomes is already missing the game. Yeah, I get your point where you're saying they're going to rely on him more and so forth. So it's a hot Danny, take, Danny Dave. Williams is still there. Right. As is Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That, I, I get it. But you're still they're playing Freeman. Yeah, but they're also less likely to score points. They're also less likely to get a pass interference in the end zone. They're less likely to be in the red zone as often because Matt Moore, who didn't look that good in uh, relief. Now, granted, he'll have a whole week of practice. And more than a whole week because they played on Thursday. There you go, nine days or whatever it is. Right. Um, 
you'll probably do all right. You know, the, the Packers, right? They're playing yep. the Packers. Yeah. Packers defense is pretty all right. It's pretty all right. It's yeah. pretty decent. Uh, Boss guy in the chat. Damien still in the shadows behind Shady. Man, that's a that's a lot of noir going on there in the in the Chiefs backfield. All right, so good stuff tonight from everybody. Uh, oh, what a bad pick Damian Williams turned out to be. Ah, uh, yeah, he really was. You know, it's funny is in a couple of my dynasty leagues, um, I had an early pick, and I was so thankful for these guys that were taking Damian Williams at the 102 and 103, so I could draft guys like Nikhil Harry, who's <laughs> been on IR all season. So yeah, he's all right. he'll be all right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't take him over a great player like Preston Williams. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Would you trade Nikhil Harry for Preston Williams straight up right now in Dynasty? If I own Harry? If you own Harry and somebody's like, I'll give you Preston Williams right now. <laughs> no, I would not. Okay. Because I, I Harry should be coming off IR pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, I still got to go with Patty. I do like Harry quite a bit, actually. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I hate to say this, but I, would, I might actually have to let go of Isabella for Preston Williams. Though. I have been the only – Even though Isabella listen, broke out for two for eight last week. I own in Andy Isabella <laughs> in several dynasty leagues, and literally the only reason I am hanging on to him is because of you. He's he's fine. He's coming he's coming around, Valky. Do you know that you and I have a season long bet that and I got five on it this season that A <laughs> Baker Mayfield will not be a top ten quarterback. Who had you had You said he would be. I said he wouldn't be. Oh crap. We said that Kyler Murray would not be a top fifteen quarterback. I said he would be. You said he would be. So, so that's, that's looking good. And then but you also said <laughs> <laughs> Andy Isabella would be a top 40 wide receiver. Oh, we got time. Which is not looking great We right got now. plenty of time. You do have time, but you got to start making that hay, man. Because technically, technically right now, he's a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> That's debatable, but, but too. Just, that just, is debatable. Just barely. Yeah, just barely he's a wide receiver. Barely. He's an NFL player, and, and we'll leave it at that. Hey, thanks so much for tuning Working in. on the jugs machine. Yes, he needs to do that. Does he own a jugs machine? Yeah, he bought it. Yeah, there you go. I think he must have run out of batteries or something. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. Really appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Friday night. Thanks to Rob Fursick, uh, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Next week, the fifth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, Billy McKinney, will join us right here on these airwaves to talk about his team. Very excited to talk to him, pick his brain. Remember, Kevin Williamson on the High Stakes Lowdown right now. Rotoviz.com slash podcast on Apple Podcasts on the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. Check that out. It is a scorcher. Thanks for hanging out in the chat room, everybody. Good luck in week eight. Hopefully the ball bounces this your way. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. I'm starting to see a pattern with these bets that we're making with Aunt Jemima and uh, Wasp Guy. It's all these fringe fantasy guys. It was Paris Campbell, followed by Adrian Peterson, well, it's all the followed guys, by Josh Hill. It's fun for them because it's all the guys they pick up off waivers to start over their guys on by. I'm, uh, so, like, they picked up a bunch of Josh Hill, so it's kind of fun for them. I'm smelling a Ryan Tannehill bet coming up in our future. <laughs> yeah, it could be. You know what's funny about that is I have you, – you probably dealt with the same thing because I know you own a lot of Lamar Jackson. I picked up a lot of Gardner Minshew and Ryan Tannehill this week. Really? Uh, for for Lamar Jackson, yeah. For whatever reason, I was covered in a lot of those leagues. I had, what? Oh, I had either like Murray or somebody else. I didn't oh. even pick anyone up. Whoa, is you? I'm just saying, I had another player. That doesn't mean they're good. It could be like Andy Dalton or somebody who sucks. Right. Dave Gerzak's the man. That's what I tell people. I'm just saying, I don't have you know. 
doesn't mean anything. The problem is, like, I, when I if I have Lamar Jackson, I literally oh, I don't carry a backup. That like yeah. that's it. You know what I mean? So then I had to scramble this week. Which, but well, we'll get into this off air. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it on here. But um, but we'll we'll see what happens this week. I love Tannehill. I love I love Minshew. Good luck to everybody this week. Thanks for listening.